is actually one of the first scriptures that I, I memorized. And I kind of, and actually it was Grip that, that taught me. <clears throat> He's the one that really emphasized on uh, the importance of God's word and the power that it has uh, proclaiming it over yourself. Um, and I'll just, I'll just read, it to, read it right now. This is out of the New Living Translation. This is uh, Ephesians six ten through 20. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to stand against the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be uh, standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For our shoes put on the peace that comes from the good news, so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And pray for me too. Ask God to give me the right word so that I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for Jews and Gentiles alike. I'm in chains now, still preaching this message of God of as God's ambassador. So pray that I will keep speaking boldly for him as I should. This is Paul speaking right now. Uh, Paul's in chains. He's locked up. Uh, but he writes a, a letter to the Ephesians. Um, first, the, uh, I kind of want to focus on the first three verses before we get into the actual shoes of the gospel piece, just to kind of let you know how important God's word is for our protection. The first uh, three verses. First of all, notice the verbs in this passage. Be strong, put on, resist the enemy, stand your ground. This is a verse of action. First on our part, then God comes to work for us. First, be strong and put on God's armor. Then the Lord steps in, the Lord steps in and offers his protection. This is how God works. See and understand his will for our protection and claim this promise. It's not a name it and claim it type thing. We, we claim the spoken and written word for our lives over ourselves. And God comes to work for us for, for our protection in, in this case. We must understand the power of the written word of God. Claim it for ourselves and walk it out. God's word has power. Amen. Two, the shoes of the gospel of peace. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in that time of evil. Then after the battle, we be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be able to fully be prepared. Um, two times and, and once more before this, it says to stand firm and to stand your ground. You know, this is where our shoes come into play in a, in a literal sense. You know, this is what we're standing on. This is our foundation as our shoes. If we walk around, uh, especially my job site, without shoes on, you're going to step on something sharp and you're going to cut your foot. It's not going to be comfortable. So in a literal sense, you know, we have, we have to put on our shoes to protect our feet spiritually as well. Um, uh, Ike, you can go ahead and put up that, uh, that picture. I was kind of curious on, you know, they say that 
uh, you know, Paul, he was, he was in chains. He was, uh, he was locked up when he was writing the book of Ephesians, or the, the epistle of Ephesians. And, um, you know, he said that he based the armor of God off the little the shoes that the, the uh, Roman guards would wear. You could put up the other uh, picture. Right. And so I looked up shoes, or Roman shoes, or whatever it was. And you notice these, these metal spikes in these shoes. I just thought that was incredible. They're just like modern-day cleats. And, you know, they, they say that, let me, let me read this. I, I've pulled up a, a, a little bit from an online source. Uh, it says, some historians credit footwear as one of the greatest reasons why the Roman army was so victorious over its enemies. The Roman soldier was equipped with footwear that had spikes on the soles, which provided them a strong enough stance and balance that gave them superior uh, posture in battle on hills and uneven terrain. In martial arts, a stance is the most important move and is what is practiced first. From, from the basic stance, all manners of kicks and punches are launched. That's just kind of cool, you know. It's incredible. You know, 2,000 years ago, and they had these Roman guards had cleats, steel cleats. I just thought that was, that was really neat. And so in a spiritual sense, you know, we put on these, the, these shoes uh, to, to keep a, a firm, uh, firm footing, a firm ground, and an uneven terrain in if you've been a, well, have been living for more than a few years on earth, and we know that we, we walk through some rocky terrain, especially being a Christian, knowing, uh, just like it says uh, earlier in, in Ephesians 6, you know, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against darkness, evil, and principalities, uh, literally uh, demons. We wrestle against these things. We wrestle against the, the influence of these demons. And, um, and you know, the, the devil, he's going to try to trip you up. Uh, Anywhere he can. And so we put on these, these shoes of the gospel of peace. Um, two, time, yeah, two times in this, and once more before it says, to stand firm and to stand your ground. This is where your shoes come into play. What do you stand on all day? It's your shoes. In a literal sense, our shoes are our foundation. They offer protection to our feet and give us traction in all types of terrain. Um. By knowing God through his word and by spending time with him, we position ourselves in the most effective stance for defense, defending ourselves from the tricks and traps of the devil. And I, I looked up another thing, uh, this, this spiritual warfare application of the shoes of the gospel of peace. It says, offensively, this peace will help you stand with your feet planted firmly on the word of God and stay there, unmoved by the devil's threats and lies. It will protect us when we walk through the rough places and keep us steady in the heat of battle. It will keep our spiritual foes where they belong, under our feet. Amen. So, number three. Um, stand on his peace. This is uh, Philippians 4, 6. Uh, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. This is exactly what we've been talking about. Uh, let your request be known to God. Let your request know, Lord, I need your protection. God, I need these spiritual forces. These things are coming against me. God, I need your protection. Our request of God's protection is provided by him upon our request. It's not always just automatic. That's why we got to know, we have to know God's word. We have to know and memorize God's word and claim it over ourselves. And like I said, this is one of the first things that, that 
uh, first scriptures that I, I remembered, and this is something that I practice. I usually try to do it every morning. I put on the, the whole armor of God because, um, you know, we all have jobs. We either go to job or to school or whatever. We come against spiritual forces. We need God's protection. We need the helmet of salvation. We need these things to protect us from the thoughts of the enemy. We, the, the, we need all these articles of clothing, of, uh, of uh, armor. And so just a word of advice. I, it's a good thing to, to remember this particular scripture and, uh, and other, other parts of the Bible, of course. So, and this is just one of, this is just one of my thoughts. It, it says, our stance is determined by our knowledge and application of God's word. There is a grace on young and new Christians, but after no specific time, we have to grow. We have to, we have to grow in the Lord. If we're not growing in the Lord, we're, we're moving backwards. It's like jumping in a river. If you're not swimming against the current, you're just going to be taken down and, and, you know, whatever happens. So you have to be moving forward. We have to grow in Christ. We have to know God's Word. That's why, that's why God gave us the Bible. You know, the Bible was written by man, but it was influenced by the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, and also, if, if Jesus had to grow, then we had to grow. We, I mean, Jesus grew in... in uh, Wisdom and stature, it says in, in Luke 2, 5, 2, says, And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Man, if, if Jesus had to increase in knowledge, I think we got to do a whole lot more. Amen? I know I do. So, in conclusion of these three points, uh, these, three, these three things coincide. We have to stand firm in the peace of God by the knowledge and application of God's Word. It's not just one thing to know God's Word. Uh, it's not just one thing to, to hear God's word. We have to be doers of God's word. We have to, to, to know and apply God's word to our lives. For the gospel. For shoes we put on the peace that comes from God, that comes from the good news, so that you will be able to be fully prepared. Um, what are we being prepared for? Being prepared from the, the fiery darts of the devil. Know that they are coming. Being a Christian, you're going to be attacked. Uh, being a, a human being, you're going to be attacked. Satan doesn't want us to have salvation. He doesn't want us to know Christ. You know, Satan, he always goes one step too far. You know, he, he knew that the Son of God had come to earth. And, and Satan kind of, he kind of messed himself up. He went one step too far and had Jesus slain. And Jesus died for our sins. Because of Jesus' death, we have salvation. Um, what is the gospel? The gospel is the good news. The good news of the life, death, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus gave his life as a living sacrifice for the sake of the world. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And this, is, this translation is out of the message. This is actually John 3.16 uh, through 18 and this is this is cool it says this is how much God loved the world he gave his son his one and only son and this is why so that no one need be destroyed by believing in him Jesus anyone can have a whole and lasting life God didn't go to all the trouble sending the son merely to point an, a, an accusing finger telling the world how bad it was he came to help to put the world right again Anyone who trusts in him is acquitted. Anyone who refuses to trust him has long since been under the death sentence and without knowing it. 
And why? Because of that person's failure to believe in, one of a, in the one-of-a-kind Son of God when introduced to Him. Christ died for you. He died for me. He died for all of us in this, in this room. His death was for you. I just want to be real honest right now. I just want to be real blunt. But if you die and you go to hell, it's your fault. Christ gave it all. He took the 99 steps and all we had to take is that last one. It's, be, it's because of us. It's because original sin in the Garden of Eden, it, you know, because of one man's sin, it, it sent us to death. But because of one man's life and death, you know, we have salvation. We have salvation through the blood of Christ. And so I, you know, I'm not one to, to be to be mean or to be to be angry or to you know it, sometimes it's kind of hard for me to, to correct someone but I, I you know I tell you this and I want to be very specific on, on this point is it is your it's your fault if, if you die and go to hell it's it's your fault because you didn't accept Christ there's absolutely no way that you could go to heaven it says only by the blood of Christ only through the son do you get to see the the, the father and this you know this the gospel of, of Oprah has ran rampant through the United States and, you know, saying there's multiple ways to cry, uh, to, to heaven. No, that's, that's not right. You know, we have other religions saying, well, we, we see Jesus. We, we know that he was a, a man. He was a prophet. He was a, a man of God. But he wasn't the Savior. No, that's completely wrong. You know, if, if Christ wasn't the Savior, but they believe him to be a prophet or a man of God, he's either the dumbest man alive or the, 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 the most, the, the, the claims that Jesus he said that he was the son of God. You know, and they, they respect him as a prophet, but don't believe him as being the son of God. That just kind of baffles me. That's just the deception of the, of the, of the devil. So, his death was for you. His death was for me. Accepting Jesus into your life and his salvation is all up to you. He did the rest. All you have to do is choose. Anyone who trusts in him is acquitted. Anyone who refuses to trust in him has long since been under the death sentence without knowing it. And why? Because of that person's failure to believe in the one-of-a-kind Son of God when introduced to him. And this is my way of introducing you to the Son of God. <laughs> my life before Christ was full of disorder, unrest, chaos, anything you want to call it. I mean, my, my family knows a lot of it. I know my, my mom and dad know... Oh, Pretty much all of it. I was pretty honest. <laughs> I was pretty honest. You know, I, I would lie to them. They'd ask me where I was at, you know, the night before. And they, they knew pretty much where I was. Uh, but usually when they asked me, I would, I would tell them the truth. And I'd be pretty blunt. Um, and so they, they know full on the, the stuff that, that I was involved in. This wasn't even that long ago. This was five, six years ago. Um, and so... You know, my life was, was full of disorders because I, I denied Christ. You know, I believed in Christ. I believed that, you know, that he came and died and, and was raised and, and gave his salvation. You know, I, I was baptized as, as a kid, uh, raised up in church and knew about Jonah and the well and about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You know, I know all that stuff, all the Bible stories. Um, you know, but I wasn't saved. I was living like a, like a heathen. You know, I, I did whatever was, was a... Uh, was pleasing to my flesh. Whatever, I was just curious. I wanted to, to test all these things out. You know, whether it was drugs or alcohol, it, it didn't really matter. Uh, whatever come in front of me, I was going to try it out. 
and I got burnt several times. And because of the grace of God, I'm still here alive. I mean, there's, there's plenty of, of times, amen, there's plenty of times where I do remember, uh, you know, flying off the road or almost getting in a wreck, and there's plenty of times that I don't remember. And I tell you all this, just, just to be completely honest, you know, you know, Christ, he saved me from that. He saved my parents from a lot of restless nights. I don't know how they did it. Um, you know, staying up all night and, and trying to stay in contact with me and seeing where I was at. But, you know, you know, I gave my life to Christ. And the, the man over here, his name is Grip. We call him Grip. Um, the, I'll just tell you my, my testimony. The way I got saved is kind of crazy. Um, I started working in construction. And uh, I was worked there for about nine months. <clears throat> and then the, the, before that, you know, they, they required drug tests. So I kind of got cleaned up uh, to start working at this, at this place in the refineries. And I uh, kind of got involved with some, some other people up there that worked. And they're, man, you know, they're smoking and, and drinking and, and doing, doing whatever. And so I thought it was okay. You know, I could get past these drug tests. And uh, so I started, I started smoking again and, and, uh, and partying. And uh, just like before. And so uh, eventually all that stuff caught up to me. Uh, they popped me with a drug test and I failed. So I lost that job. I got another job and grip. Um, worked across the shop from me, and uh, man, the, looking back now, you know, I see the Lord was talking on my heart the whole time. You know, there are so many times where I'm just just random stuff, just flipping through the channels, and I see a preacher on on t- on TV or through the, the radio station, just just random stuff. Uh, God trying to pull on my heart and, and draw me back to Him because He knew, you know, I had a heart for Him. I I, I, I like Jesus. I appreciated what He did, but I didn't love Him. I absolutely didn't. I, I could say I, I loved him then, but I, I didn't know what lo- what love was. Um, so, anyways, Lil was drawn on my heart. Uh, eventually, went and talked to, to Grip uh, and started uh, visiting him during our, our lunch hour, and uh, was just asking him questions, uh, asking him questions about Christ, about the Bible. Uh, he eventually bought me my own Bible, and he would kind of quiz me sometimes. Uh, just to see what I was, if I was still reading, if, you know, what I was learning and uh, just simple stuff. But, um, I mean, he just, he taught me how, how to, to be a Christian and, and how important the God's Word is. Man, it's so important. It's so easy to, to not read God's Word. It's so easy to be lazy, to go home and watch TV. Um, man, God's Word, it's, it's so powerful. It's incredible. I know I got, I need to read more of it. I and mean, we could always read more of God's Word. Anyways, um, one day Grip asked me, um, he, well, he told me, he's like, you need to rededicate your life to God. And he did. He asked me a question. He said, are you, it's kind of, I guess, cliche in a way, but it, man, it's so true. If you died, would you go to heaven or would you go to hell? Are you 100% sure that you would go to heaven? And I, you know, I challenge you to ask that yourself. You know, if, if you've been going to this to this church, or this is your first time here, you know, I challenge you to, um, to ask, your, ask yourself that question. You know, it, it's easy to say, yeah, we'll, we'll go to heaven. Uh, you know, I believe in Christ. Um, but really, ask yourself that. Are, are you 100% sure you're going to go to heaven? Because it doesn't take but one sin to send you straight to hell. But the blood of Christ redeems us for that one sin, or for the million sins, it doesn't matter. I was a man of sin, living in the, the deepest, darkest, 
time I've, I've, I've ever lived in, just full of, of depression and full of, um, of just of chasing empty dreams. You know, I, there, was, there was about a three-year period where I had absolutely no dreams. It was just a, a, a dark sleep. That's because of the depth of sin I was living in. The people, I was never really a bad guy. I was never really uh, one to, to steal or to, to beat anybody up. I just, wanted to, I just wanted to have a good time. I wanted to party. Um, you know, but being in those environments, it brings you around those bad people. Uh, and there's some, some pretty, pretty dark times um, that happen. But you know what? God had his hand on me. And he has his hand on every single one of you. And, um, you know, the, the longer I ran from God, no, not knowing that I was running, but by the decisions I was making, the, the more this force of confusion and pain prevailed in my life and until God, until he stepped in, in and saved me, not only from spiritual death, but from physical death. My life was one way, was a one-way road to death and, and destruction. Um, you know, God, he, he wants to save you. He wants you to, to live in heaven. He wants you to, to know him. And if we could somewhat understand, you know, how much the love of God, you know, how much he's, he's tugging on us, we just need to stop and notice and, and reflect on, 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 on God's truth, you know, on God's word. So um, that's kind of all I got. I just, I just want you to... To, to know and to realize that, that God loves you. And if you have any kind of questions, um, I'll be up here in the front. Pastor Sam will be up here. Or, or Josh. If you have any questions of your salvation, um, come and, and talk to, to us. Come and ask us any kind of questions. Um, we'll be happy to answer you. So, amen. Thank you. Amen. God bless you, Cade.